Shut the fuck up, mate. I hit the guy. Now, now I got Craig in here. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Also, fuck. Fuck Damian Lillard. What did Damian Lillard do? Just hit a three. He had to uh, put the Blazers up by two on the Lakers with like 10 seconds left. Are there games going? Why is, why is that game being played right now? I, it's like a noon tip off in, in Los Angeles. That's ridiculous. Right? That's just inconvenient for everyone. I mean, it actually would have been super convenient for me had I realized this game was going earlier. Yeah. If, if I knew there was a fucking old <laughs> 10 o'clock game, I would have put it on. Yeah. That would be great for me. Okay. All right, let's, let's watch the end of this game then. Lakers position, right? Down two? Yes, sir. Down two, right. 12 seconds left. This is not how I wanted my season to start. And once again, the Lakers cannot buy a three-point basket. Yeah. That's what happens when you don't sign any shooters. Uh, we're officially referring to them as lasers now. <laughs> Did you uh, hear about that? Yeah. Brian calling them lasers. Laser. I think it's a great term. Oh, yep. That's what happens when Nurkic is on LeBron, I guess. Interesting. I don't know if I'm ahead or behind or you're not watching it. Uh, the play has not started yet for me. Okay. Oh. Well, I just spoiled it. See if you can see how Nurkic ended up on LeBron. Did he switch? Yeah, AD sets the screen. And they just switch, right. and and LeBron just goes straight down the lane. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, sweet. It's Nurkic. He's 270 pounds. I'll just run right past him. That might have been the most disappointing defense I've ever seen. Not to mention, <laughs> the Lakers have no shooting. Like, why are you guys all standing? I guess, I guess it's that trade-off of you'd rather give up a two to tie than a three to take the lead. But... I don't know. I feel like you can. You could probably just all stand in the paint. Listen, L Lillard follows. Is that Reeves over to the corner? <laughs> and then, gosh, who's twenty six? He's also just stuck to Davis like glue over in the corner, and they just let LeBron walk right down the lane. Hmm. Nice game from Dame. Another forty point night night outing. That's. We've had a lot of early season 40-point nights. Blazers bench looking rough, though. Justice Winslow's their sixth man. I thought you were Justice Winslow guy. Yeah, it's like your ninth man. <laughs> the, the way that I judge teams' depth is, would their sixth man be the... Would they be able to start for the Lakers? And Justice Winslow is, like, right on the borderline. Oh, we would love him as a starter. <laughs> I mean, maybe not positionally, just because of what we're doing positionally, but, like... Actually, no, we, we need a 3 and D wing. And given our three-point shooting, he actually is a three-point shooter for this team. <laughs> Let's see. Going into this game, they were 19 for 85. And in this game, God. Oh, my God. In this game, they are six Am for 33. Yes, you are Has still the play heaven for you? Okay. I, I love that you are um like a drive away and I'm across an entire ocean and I'm ahead of you. I, to be fair, I'm not sure who's actually closer to Los Angeles. It's a, <laughs> it's a long point. drive. Uh, but again, the Pacific Ocean is pretty large. That's fair. It's a big ocean. There's probably better like internet infrastructure under the Pacific Ocean than under like the central United States. I, th I think there's also probably just fewer people using the internet in between them and you. You know, that signal is not... Oh my god. You see the play? I saw the play. Yeah, crazy shot, right? It's a good... Got. Yeah. Oh man. Nope. Nope. It didn't miss. Yeah. I'm watching it for the third time. Looks like it went in. Oh no. Yeah. It, it wasn't close. It bounced off so far. I didn't see the ball. It, it almost yeah. became a wedgie. Like. Yeah. 
Looks like it almost got stuck. Yeah, the ball the ball disappeared, so I thought it went through the net. Yeah. But it disappeared because it bounced so f- quickly off the off the rim. Yeah. <laughs> off the back of the rim. Oh well. Alright. Lonnie Walker looked alright again. That's that's good. Yeah. Davis with six blocks. That's a nice little box score number. Not to catch up on this game. Sixty six points in the paint for the Lakers. It's crazy just stat. Said. Crazy stat to still lose, but when you shoot for six for thirty three, you were trading Threes for twos, or twos for threes. Backcourt combines for five from 18 and one from six on three-pointers. Hendrick Nunn fucking sucks. You're not telling me anything new here. <laughs> He's supposed to be the savior. He's the one guy that can theoretically shoot. and can't do anything. If the Lakers' three-point percentage this season was a human, would it be able to buy alcohol in the U.S.? Our drinking age is 21 over here. Oh, is, is that a is that a question? Yeah, that's a question. Um, I'm gonna say no. Like, there are like a couple guys that'll be like in the 30s, but there are also like a lot of guys that are like like what did Russ have in the first game? Like, 0 for six or something, and and Beverly as well. Let's see, Russ prior to this game was one for nine for three, and then went 0 for three, so he's one for 12 on the year. Yep. Patrick Beverly missed all of his shots as well. He had one make out of three, so he's probably sitting around like 20 percent. LeBron's probably making like a third. I don't think anyone else is shooting well, so it must be like in the twenties. Is it worse than twenty? It's it's twenty one point one percent. Wow, it it feels right. Oh my god! Our top three point shooters this year are Max Christie, who's made one for one, Matt Ryan two for five, Kendrick Nunn three for ten, Anthony Davis two for seven, LeBron five for eighteen. Hmm. Everyone else below twenty. You know, one of the things I actually wanted to say about the Lakers, like my biggest takeaway from the Clippers game is like I actually had some hope because they did a few things well. Like they actually defended pretty well. Even Russ was doing like the little things. He didn't like take a lot of bad shots. He played good defense. Like he defended Kawhi pretty well. And so that was like one of my takeaways is like, okay, yes, they don't have any lasers, but they're not going to shoot 10% on threes. And if you get to like, they just shot eighteen percent for threes. So, <laughs> but but yes, they will do it game to game. But you're not going to do that over the whole season. Like you're going to regress to the mean. Let me look up who was the absolute worst three point shooting team last year, and what did they shoot? Let's see, twenty one, twenty two, regular season. I accept your cookies. Come on, wonder if it's the Lakers. Okay, so he shot thirty two percent. So like. It'd be really, really hard to stay under like 30%, which is where they're at. And they haven't been blown out in any of these games, and the defenses look kind of good. Lonnie Walker looks like he can score even though he can't shoot. And so it actually like gave me hope that Westbrook looks even worse than what we thought as a, as a scorer, but it actually did mm-hmm. like give me hope after that Clippers game. I was like, you know what? I think that's actually a good takeaway because shots, you every, every team has cold nights. You can even go through cold stretches. And yes, they don't have a lot of shooters, but Beverly's going to start hitting some. LeBron will hit more. Anthony Davis will hit more. You know, there are a few guys that are going to shoot in the 30s. And so once some of those start to go in, like they're losing close games against good teams. That is true. I mean, Golden State wasn't that close. Um, Portland, I don't know, is that good. Next two games are Denver and Minnesota, then back to Denver, then New Orleans. There's a good chance that they start out 0-6. Yeah, they, they, they've got a brutal schedule. Actually, let's go go through their schedule and keep listing teams until you get to a game where you think that they're the favorite. 
So what are we? We're we're zero and three now. We're zero and three. Yeah. Uh, and then Denver, Minnesota, Denver, New Orleans. Okay, those should all be losses. Those are all teams that. That put them at zero and seven. Okay. Um. Then they have Utah. <laughs> now, <laughs> Utah is looking <laughs> extremely frisky. Trader Danny needs to get on the phone because he's got too many good players. Right. <laughs> Like they they're supposed to be in like a historic tank, but they've got like eight good players. I don't remember who it is. Maybe, maybe you'd know. There's there's someone that says the key to being good at basketball is just not to play any bad players. And like the opposite is true. The key to tanking is that you have to play bad players. Like you yeah. can't just not have any really good players. You've got to have some bad players. I mean, you got Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton and Vando, like. You just got too many good players. You're not going to be able to lose enough games. I, our, our good friend Aaron, who's not with us today, uh, recently did a TikTok saying that Philadelphia was in crisis after losing to San Antonio. Uh, and Philly started out 0-3. They also started off playing Boston and Milwaukee. Like If they were 1-2, and it's not that big of a difference. But I, I feel like San Antonio and Utah are actually the two teams in crisis here. Because they keep winning games, <laughs> and like at some point yeah. they're gonna have to flip the switch, and you, you can't flip the switch that hard that fast. Maybe maybe you can, but these it's, early wins yeah. are gonna hurt them at some point. Absolutely, like the when you think like the say worst five teams in the league are gonna be like winning in the twenties. Like you start off with two straight wins, you've already got. A tenth of your team's like mm-hmm. win allocation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got to stop. You got to start losing some fucking games. And sure, like late down the stretch, you know they could go like zero and eighteen or something, or you know two and twenty or something to finish out the season when everyone starts tanking. But like you've got to start losing games sooner. Yeah, and the, and the Jazz especially. Like I think I probably didn't give enough credit to. You know when we were projecting the Jazz, we were considering the fact that they are eventually going to trade off all these good players. And and that their intention is to tank, but I think we didn't really stop to consider just they've got like eight guys who are NBA rotational players. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled with how well the Jazz are doing um, because I, I've just pivoted to scouting teams that are going to need to tank for who wants that Westbrook contract. And I'm starting yeah. to look at Jordan Clarkson, you know, going four for eight on threes per game, so eight yeah. for sixteen on the season. I'm like. All right, all right. Maybe maybe get some Clarkson up in here. Some Mike Conley. You know, yeah, you, you you could probably do Conley and Clarkson for Westbrook. Yeah, and probably still have some room left over. Maybe maybe toss Rudy Gay in there. Like, just give us the old guys, and yeah, um, maybe we'll throw in Max Christie or someone young, so that they can pretend that they did this for some young talent. <laughs> but it, yeah. Um, did you watch any of the Boston uh, Orlando game the other day? Uh, very briefly. I think it's one that I like sort of scrolled through. I, I jumped in for the fourth quarter and I loved it. Orlando was like, you know what, Paolo, you're going to be on an island defending Jason Tatum, which is great. You're going to lose that game. A rookie is not going to defend Jason Tatum, but it's also great reps for him. Where it's like, all right, five years down the road, we want you like, this is the matchup that we need to have and be good at. So Tatum, here, here's your first crack at it. Uh, you know, show them the ropes and we're going to lose this game because like they could have done different rotational things and Orlando might have won that game against Boston. It was real close till the final three minutes. But no, that's that's how you tank. Yeah. And and, and while we're talking about them, how good has Paolo looked? Dude. Up up and down for sure. But 
all sort of the things that we liked about him, like the handle and the feel, like those things are immediately obvious. Even if he's had some off nights, some bad shooting, he has looked really good. Um, and yeah, like having to defend Jason Tatum, that's almost a bit of like a roster construction thing too, because like if you're playing Terrence Ross, like <laughs> you're going down the list of who's going to defend him and Paolo quickly jumps up. But he's looked so good, really showed you know, everything that we, or that at least that I was hoping to see when I picked him as my number one pick. He's, he's good. I watched him play Detroit. Now, that was the game I was watching earlier today without realizing the Lakers game was on because uh, I have to wait three days to watch a Pistons game. So uh, I was catching up on that game and he had one play in the early first quarter where he gets the rebound. And he just brings it cross court uh, and does like a little hesitation dribble at somewhere beyond the free throw line. I think even like right outside the circle or like at the circle of the three point line. It's like 18 to 20 ish feet. Um, it just pulls up and shoots it and knocks it down. It was incredibly fluid. It was, you know, dribble in coast to coast. Um, you know, probably not the thing that you want to be doing a ton as a rookie, but it, it looked great. I, I think he's going to be really good. I was disappointed in a lot of the rest of the magic roster. Um, and mm. I, I started to get excited for Killian Hayes again. The, he had like a couple of steals and was looking good. I was like, man. Maybe Killian actually, maybe he just had a delayed growth. And then he got switched onto Bull Bull, and Bull Bull <laughs> broke him down and got into the lane. And this is an underhanded finger roll. And I was like, oh no, no, if, if you're getting broken by Bull Bull. All right. Sorry. Sorry for the hope. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Killian, um, which, you know, Kevin O'Connor at the Ringer has been clowned for Killian because he had him number one on his mock draft. And um, the way that he put it in in the last match, mismatch pod is that he's really good at everything except scoring. And like <laughs> the thing that you want your point guard to be able to do is like <laughs> you know put some points on the board, put the ball in the basket. Is so that's just brilliant that he's developed into doing everything except being able to score. I'm just gonna say he got busted by Bull Bull. I'm not sure that he's good at everything but scoring. <laughs> He's, he's good yeah. in passing lanes. And that was actually what, why I was starting to get excited is that he got a couple of quick steals and got out running. Mm. Um, but this has already gone off the rails. I didn't really come in here with a, a huge plan other than just talk about early season because we got basketball. Yeah. What are you watching? What What are you seeing? What, uh, what are you liking? Uh, what am I liking? That's a good question. I've got a lot of things that I don't like. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to talk about Philly? Sure. First two games, Embiid's terrible. Harden looks pretty good, but they lose anyway. And then next game, Harden is terrible, Embiid is awesome, and they lose. Um, Philly is a team that a lot of people became really high on. A lot of people had them as their number one seed. I think Aaron was one of them. Um, John Hollinger picked them to win the championship, and they have not looked good. You know, they lost to the Bucks on a Wes Matthews jump shot after Tobias Harris just totally lost them. What is your... Like it's it's three games in, and so you don't really want to overreact. But do you think this is predictive or indicative of where they're going for the season, and something needs to change? Joel looks out of shape. Like every fourth quarter, he's got his hands on his knees. He refused to talk to reporters after game two. Like you're you're two games in, and you're already you know in in crisis. Yeah. Do you think this is just a bad start, and it'll work itself out, or is is Doc's seat starting to get hot? 
Well, she should definitely be hot. Um, I, I I only watched the first the the Bucks uh, Bucks game. Um, mm. The others I've seen highlight packages of, but I, I try to base some of my thoughts on. I, mean, I try to base most of my thoughts on the full games that I've seen. It does seem like they're trying to figure things out. Doc ran with a House PJ Tucker and um, uh, Paul Reed lineup for a while, and I was like, this is just a terrible lineup. Like you have no spacing, you have a lot of defense, and like it was an absolute brick fight during that time. <laughs> I think they need Montrez Harrell to like come play more. Yeah, they, they they need some more scoring punches. And then there were times where they'd like get a steal or they'd get a stop because Embiid is a good defensive wall, an anchor, and Maxi would race out. And I was like, man, Harden and the rest of the team are just like way back here. And like Harden did a good quick hit ahead pass, but the rest of the team didn't cross. And so I think they kind of need to figure out like, are we going to just be incredibly slow? And if we're going to be incredibly slow, then Maxi's not quite as valuable. But maybe you can move Maxi and have something else. Or maybe Maxi just is the one run out guy and we shouldn't expect too much speed. And then they have to figure out some sort of bench scoring, which probably means don't play PJ Tucker as much. Save him for the playoffs. Robert Ori, this man's career. I don't know if if you were paid attention to Robert Ori's career in like 2004, but this man, like Lakers fans, we joke that he was just in Mexico because he'd be like, I, I got a back injury. <laughs> I'll see you in April and like just just fuck off for the whole regular season and show up like Draymond's 16 game player type thing. There's some people who are adjustable and switchable. There's some players that just don't care about the regular season. I kind of think Philly just doesn't care. Like they're going to win 50 something games this year. I think semi regardless of how well they play. I just they've got enough talent. Um, and, and we saw him beat the last game. I didn't get to watch it yet, but Dropped 40 points. It, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll win 50-something games. But th- they need to figure out stylistically what they are and what they want to be. So I'm not too worried, but I would have fired Doc already. So that's just where I'm at. Yeah. Munchies Harrell has been quite a disappointment. Like when you consider what he was at the Clippers, which is not that long ago, mm-hmm. like a six-man who could put up like 16 points a game. Like sure, his minutes are going to be limited because he's playing behind Embiid the entire time. But, I mean, let me bring up his box score from the Spurs game. I just don't think he's in shape. He he literally did nothing. Where is he? Montrose Harrell. Zero points, zero field goal attempts, negative 12 in nine minutes. Like, Doc knows how to make Montrose Harrell work. Montrose Harrell should be able to get some fucking points on the board when the team can't score. Yeah. If you're going to be, like, a bad defender and also never take any shots, then... Like, you're not that far removed from being, a, you know. I, I think it's just simply he's not in shape even mm. at this point. Um, I mean, he's facing felony criminal charges and got signed really late because of all of it for intent to distribute weed. Like, I, I don't think he ramped up to season four. And I think in a, another week or two, we'll be back to looking at 10 points and 15 minutes type of Montrez Harrell. Yeah, and I know. I mean, I like when Montreal's Herald hustles on the court, but not so much off the court. Hey, you got to have that side hustle in this day and age. You know, inflation, <laughs> rising gas prices. <laughs> Just saying. All right, we, do you watch the Clippers-Lakers game? Yeah. Thoughts on Paul? Thoughts on and Kawhi? Thoughts on and John Wall? We'll, we'll start with Wall. I thought he looked, he looked awesome. All the athleticism that you would think he has lost because of his age and his injury history and, you know, just lack of playing – like all maybe not all of that, but like eighty five percent of that is there. Like he is so quick in the on the break. 
um, getting down into the lane and creating corner threes. Like this team has shooters and it doesn't really have anyone that pushes the ball. He can be that. I've never been the biggest John Wall fan. There are still things that he did that I don't like. Like I don't really want him getting in and taking contested mid-range jumpers. Sure. Um, he's not that great of a shooter. Um, I've, you know, there's this... Um, players get a reputation in the NBA, particularly defensive players, where it takes a re- there's a really long lag effect between when they were good defenders and they stopped being good defenders and when like sort of the public realizes that they're bad defenders. The Kobe Bryant effect. Yeah, like Russell Westbrook, we saw it. Russell Westbrook hasn't been a good defender for like eight years. People just realized last year. Um, John Wall, I feel like, was a really mediocre defender towards the end of his Wizards run and in Houston. Um, But he looked good defensively uh, in that game as well. And I think he's going to provide a really nice punch. Um, Reggie Jackson hasn't been able to score very well, low-key, for like the last year and a half. And so Wall, I think, gives us, you know... a, a real punch, a distributor, someone that can get into the lane and just like get get the defense moving. Like Kawhi and Paul George, they play so slowly, very methodical. And so to have another sort of wrinkle of a guy that's going to create disruption and, you know, draw attention away from Norm Powell and Morris and Batum and Luke Kennard and all these guys that can hit open shots, um, I think is awesome. Paul George looks looks good. He looks fine. Kawhi coming off the bench was super interesting. And in that way, it, it brought even more to mind the juxtaposition between the Lakers and the Clippers, where you've got Russell Westbrook, this former star who refuses to do what's right for the team and insists on starting and playing poorly. And you've got Kawhi who is like, yeah, sure, I'll come off the bench, whatever. And then comes in and just like gets gets straight to it, just bully ball mid-range shots and this team with absolute depth going against his team with two good players well before the game even started Kawhi said something about wanting to come off the bench because since he was going to be on a minutes restriction this would shift his minutes from the early game which doesn't matter as much more towards the later stage and he could play in a more like tightly compact as opposed to coming in for five minutes and like losing those they asked Westbrook about it and Westbrook said something along the lines of yeah, it's really dangerous for stars to come off the bench because we're so used to going all out that we need to warm up. And if we have that downtime, then we're going to pull something or injure something. So it's a, it's a big injury risk. And I'm like, man, Kawhi, probably the most injury concerned person is like, this is fine. <laughs> and Russ is like, no, don't do this to me. Just it, it really is a strong juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kawhi and PG look good. Uh, Zubats was awesome. He's actually been he's had a, had a string of really good games. He's a bit. He he's quite unique on the team in a, in a similar way to the way that John Wall is, where he's the only center, and his backup is Nick Batum, who used to be a shooting guard. But yeah, like he he's the work that he was able to do defending Anthony Davis, defending the rim, rolling rolling to the rim, getting rebounds, finishing around the hoop has been awesome as well. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Kings as a as a transition? I have not watched the Kings play basketball during the regular season yet. Oh man. The, the, the Kings-Clippers game was pretty interesting. Why? Um, a couple key takeaways. Sabonis wasn't good, um, but Darren Fox looks really good. And he was making jump shots, which opens up everything. Because as soon as like you have to go over the screen against Fox, like you're kind of screwed. And Sabonis, like he, for some reason, just really struggled to finish. Like He couldn't make a fucking layup. Um, but he's still like a really good screener. 
And so when you've got to get through Demonza Sabonis and you've got to go over the screen, then that gives Fox like a great opportunity to get downhill. Um, and another guy where he has his reputation, I don't know how how widespread it is, but to some people of, of being a good defender, the way, <laughs> the way that I kind of judge it is if you look at the 2K mm-hmm. ratings. Does 2K think he's good at this? Yeah, that's sort of like a good representation of like, does the casual fan think he's good? And he's like as good defensively in 2K as like, I don't know, all all NBA defensive guys. Like he's like an 80 at perimeter defense or whatever. And he's been like a defensive liability for most of his career. But he was like really good this game. He had some possessions on Paul George. He and PG like guarded each other a, few, um, a reasonable amount. And he looked really good on defense. Like he had one pressuring up full court against... I think uh, either Bridget Jackson or Norm Powell got got a turnover at like 94 feet. And so he looked really good. But I think the real star of the show, the guy that looked like he belonged as a bucket maker in that close game between two teams that, you know, want to be playoff teams, um, Keegan Murray looks so good as well. Just the ability to make difficult shots is something that sort of separates star players from from role players. And he he was was making buckets i'm really excited for this rookie class i I didn't quite expect it um but for some reason i keep getting drawn into indiana pacers games like it it might just be what they're doing and and so like i'm glad to hear keegan murray is looking good i feel like in the odds like keegan murray was one of the best people to take a take a flyer on for rookie of the year but the second best guy would be benedict matherin and the matherin halliburton combo should make Kings fans mad. It's like <laughs> they're firing on all cylinders and yet they still find a way to lose. Like they Pacers fans should be incredibly happy, although they did get the win over the Pistons. But um, I was watching them play the Wizards and Matherin almost had a almost had a Reggie Miller moment. He got a three. He missed the next one and like got two steals. And then got, it, like it, it was a great moment. And Matherin is like the the idealistic two guard or three that you want for the future. He seems to have good length. Maybe he's not great on defense, but he can light it up. And I'm I'm super stoked between that watching Paolo. Like this is gonna be a fun rookie class. I need to need to catch a Rockets game soon. I just did the highlights for Ja Morant because I have Morant in fantasy, and that uh, that game is probably gonna win me this week. Yeah, the the Rockets are pretty high on my list of who to watch next. Yeah, are they, are they playing the game? Are they playing today? Maybe I'll have to check them out. The Rockets have have. Being able to do what the Jazz haven't, which is look good and show promise while still losing. Like the Rockets have done it, the Magic have done it, the Thunder have done it, where they look good and they lose. Like it's exactly what you want from your from these tanking teams. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe Orlando is 0-3 with how good they looked against the Pistons and how good they looked against the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing well. Be interesting to see how the, how the Jazz continue to play because their game today... Um, is against the Pelicans, and if we remember the the last time we potted together, we were giving preseason hot takes, and mm-hmm. one of mine is that the Pelicans were going to be legit, and that they were going to be not a playing team but a playoff team, um, and they've looked like one of the best teams so far this season. Super small sample size, two games, but they are <laughs> they do have a plus seventeen point differential, yeah, which you know. Just, I, I always love the early year stats, and I actually had a thing that I wanted to get to later of asking how many of these are real and how many of these are fake. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they're all fake. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, 
Is Lakers 21% three-point shooting? That might be the only one that's real. No, no. So, here, here. (laughs) Okay. This is what what I had planned. Uh, Points per game. These are the current guys who are in the top 10 in points per game. How many of them will be in the top 10 at the end of the year? We have Jason Tatum with 34.7, De'Aaron Fox 34.5, John Morant 34.3, Curry with 33, Luca with 33, Giannis 32, Mitchell 31, Booker 30, Damian Lillard 30, and Shea Gilgis Alexander 30. How many of those guys are still going to be in in the top of 10 in scoring? That's not an absurd top 10. No. Like if, if, if you read me that list at the end of the season, like none of that is ridiculous. It's sad that Benedict Matherin just missed out on the top 10. He's been putting up crazy points, like you mentioned. Other than the SGA not qualifying after the Thunder give him knee tendonitis. <laughs> um, they shut him down. Yeah. Like all of those guys, realistically, are, are guys I'd expect to be right in that mix. Like who who's just on the fringes? Who Who's supposed to be overtaking these guys? So the, the names that I see are Durant, Paul George, to some degree, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, and Harden mm. that could jump in there. Yeah. Also, I do think like we currently have 10 30-plus point scorers. That uh, is pretty unusual. Yeah. yeah. Last season, we had one. So I, the numbers are going to come down. But... Oh, for sure. But the, those 10 guys could be, the, could be the 10. That should be interesting to see like the correlation between the top 10 scorers after a weekend and after the season to see how much um, how predictive it is at all, if at all. I don't think at all. Like this is one of my favorite things about the NBA, yeah. and why I love it more than football or college or anything. Everyone plays everyone. Like, no, the conference schedules aren't fully even because you've got teams that play more west than versus east, but it evens out. Right now, you could have gotten a, a lucky schedule where you got to play the Lakers and had a a nice easy opening start. So you know, there's there's some differences. It, it'll it'll shake out. But I thought it was an interesting list to look at. Um, I think it's also really interesting that we've just had some insane high-scoring like individual performances. We've already had six 40-plus point nights. Mm, yeah, everyone's feeling ready. Well, not everyone. Joel Embiid's not, but <laughs> some, some guys are ready to score. Embiid just had, uh, had a 40-point night. That's last a good year. point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Embiid's ready to do it through like three quarters. It's... It's just kind of wild. Like, I, I've really enjoyed having basketball back. What's another game that I just watched? Oh, I watched the, the Nets-Raptors. Yeah. And, man, like, the Nets, or sorry, the, the Raptors, their attack is so much fun because they have five guys on the court at any given time that can dribble, drive, try to shoot. I mean, Preston Shua did a coast-to-coast. Coast. I, I know he pulled up from deep. I don't know if it was quite a three. Yeah, I don't have that in my notes. But the Nets, like... Whoever their bad player was, because they can't not play bad players right now. They they're not deep mm-hmm. enough. They were just getting targeted and attacked. And like yeah. there was a time where Van Vliet was going off, and then they switched on to Van Vliet. And then um, I, I know Siakam had an amazing game him that time. But I, I I will say I didn't really feel his amazing game because it was such a balanced attack, and like he was getting a lot of passes. But everyone on that team is really good. I think they're probably one of my biggest surprises because I thought. I thought basketball media got a little bit too lovey-dovey with them. Like, you know, the whole, ah, this team could really surprise some people. Ah, this is this is an underdog team that could, could really shock. Like, I feel like there was way too many people saying that about the Raptors to the point where I was starting to doubt them. I was like, I'm, I'm zigging here. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, all right, they shocked me. Fair. You, you guys got me. Yeah. Like, their, their half-court offense still looks kind of rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, their transition... And the, they play like a... They, against... um Was it the last game, Miami? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they were playing... Blown out and then, then brought it back. Yeah. And, and the way that they did that is they just brought out, like, a full-court trap. Like, they were just pressing full-court. It's, like, so awesome to see, like, their, their defensive... Just all the crazy shit that they can pull out. How how did how did you think Simmons looked in those um in that game and any others that you've seen? I'm actually a Simmons fan. Mm. It feels weird to say, <laughs> but I I like his defense and I like his his movement and passing. I think actually if you put him on Toronto, he would just fit in so well. Like he can't shoot, yeah. But if you just put him with all the other Toronto players, like it, it'd be a lot of fun. And he has moments out there where you're like, yes, I see why this guy was an All NBA talent. So I know the first game he was real bad. Um, but this, this is the second game and the one that Nash praised him for having a, a bounce back night. Um, it, it's clear he's good. It's clear he's got some some talent. And when he can get out in the open court, um, him with the ball in the open court, it is insane. The start of that third quarter, it was really a, kind of a clinic with all three of the Nets stars doing what they do best. Simmons was pushing in tempo. Kyrie was making a couple of threes. Uh, and Durant was just kind of an amoeba that was everywhere. He got, I don't know if it was two blocks or it was a block and a heavy contest, but Durant's defense seems to have come up a level. Like mm-hmm. He's almost comfortable playing the five, even certain lineups, him and Simmons together playing the four or five. The Nets are just so crazy talented that I, I got to imagine they'll figure it out. And I don't I don't know that they don't win the East just on, on sheer talent. Wow. So one of the big things that, was really obvious in the first game, and like you like you said, he kind of worked his way out of it a little bit. It's just like how scared he was to shoot, like mm-hmm. not even just jumpers, but just like layups, mm-hmm. and like how he didn't want to be at the free throw line. And there are five players on a basketball court at any one time, which means on average you've got a twenty percent usage. Where do you think Simmons' usage is at after these? Is it three games that they've played? So this is an interesting question because normally point guards have higher usage. But if they move the ball and they don't hold it, it can be really low. So like Draymond Green, despite being kind of an offensive creator, still has like a really low usage rate. I think he's at like 12%. I'm going to guess that it's actually shockingly low. Um, like, I, like I would say somewhere in the 14 to 16% range because Simmons has done a really good job when I've watched it of moving the ball and not doing that ISO dribble. Yeah, so him, him and Draymond are very similar. Well, they in the position 11% of the time. Like, this guy just will not shoot. Like, what's, hang on, let, let me bring up his career points per game. Because this is not a guy that's, you know, not offensive. First four seasons, basically 16, 17, 16, 14. And now this guy's shooting at the frequency of Draymond Green. Like, that's crazy. Draymond Green is one of, like, the most reluctant scorers in the league. And, like, it's really tough to see how the Nets can succeed without figuring out how to use Ben Simmons and like it's not all his fault because he to succeed he does like you say he needs to be in the action he needs to use the ball and Kyrie and KD um KD in the in the first game and Kyrie I think in their last game and um, were just so ridiculous that you just want to ISO those guys all the time mm-hmm. but like Simmons is, is less than useless when he's when he isn't involved in the action when he doesn't have the ball. Like, he's not even standing in the dunker spot anymore because they've also got to play Nick Claxton 
at the center who also can't shoot. So he's just like on the baseline doing like less than nothing. Like he can't even duck in and like get an easy layup or like a dump off pass. Like he's literally doing nothing and shooting at the frequency of Draymond Green in a career low usage at at 11%. I do think it was really interesting in the closing moments of that Raptors game. They went with a Royce O'Neal, Markeith Morris. Um, gosh, who else did they have out there? I, I mean, Kyrie and Durant, but I can't quite remember. They they didn't have Simmons out there or for some of the, for a lot of the key possessions there late. And I found that interesting to go with. Oh, it was it was uh, Nick Claxton. So they they kind of pulled him off to have a little bit more offensive versatility. But I, I like what he brings when he can get out and run. There's mm. there's there's obvious flaws, and I think. The first game, there was a lot more flaws than there were highlights. I would say that even though he ended up with a net negative three, what I saw looked really good from him in the Raptors game. Like I would be happier having him on the Lakers than a lot of the other options. And so if if they want to blow it up, <laughs> willing to send two first for him. Maybe not because <laughs> the Lakers desperately need shooting. But um, <laughs> he'll he'll fit right in on the Los Angeles lasers. The Los Angeles no lasers. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, another guy that I've been super hyped about and, and absolutely loving his play, and I say this having not watched his last game but watching the previous two, is Bones Highland. Hmm. And what's got me so hype about Bones is his passing. I expect Bones to come in and be a scorer, but he, and actually even, even in the Warriors game, Jordan Poole, the two of them, for being guys that we think of as primary scorers, they had some really nice passes where they found teammates that I didn't think they were going to hit, where they made difficult passes around defenders. Um, I know Bones had one in transition where we kind of look off, very flashy, fancy pass, but to hit a hit the runner in the stride. And then Poole was heavily defended, got a, a really nice wraparound to a cutter. You know, seeing these young shoot-first guards really develop as passers and look like they could be passers makes me super excited for the future of the league and even more disappointed in killing Hayes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the stats do reflect your observation. Um 7.9 assists per 36. Hasn't played a lot of minutes, so the numbers are lower, but obviously that's a that's a very good number. I'm gonna guess his turnovers per 36 are also probably not are, are probably high. Because he is taking some risks with these passes. They are not Yeah. Four point three is is high, but it's not ridiculous. Per yeah. thirty six. Yeah it He's not Monte Morris with the clean, easy <laughs> assists, but I I like seeing guys take gambling passes, especially when they're young, like the confidence to try to throw a difficult pass that may or may not work. It, it's something that I really like seeing. Yeah, and especially from the Nuggets bench, like historically one of the, the you know, it's, it's that normal stat line of, you know, they lose by eight and they're plus, you know, plus seven with Jokic in the game or whatever. Um, and he plays, you know, 34 minutes and they just get obliterated whenever he's out because they can just never find offense. And so for Bones, who made shots at a good rate last year and hasn't so far this year, but I think that'll that'll come along. You know, we're not too worried about um, you know, some of the bad shooting that he's had so far this year. But to be able to add the ability not just to create for himself, but to use the advantages that he can create to get his teammates easy op easy opportunities has been good and Bruce Brown for them has also been nice as as a playmaker um they are sort of using him as a legit backup point guard instead of just using him as a as a center the way that the 
that the Nets did, even you know, despite how good he was in that role as just like a six foot four role man. Yeah. And he's he's made some jumpers too, which is great. Um played good, you know, is always gonna play good defense. And so I think it was a really nice pickup um for them too and, and to really use him in the right way. Especially with the with Mike Malone who insists on playing bench guys together. In the third quarter of the the game against the Warriors, Steph Curry is starting to go off and he's doing it alternatingly against Bruce Brown and uh, KCP. Like, you know, one possession on one, one possession on the other. And he's starting to get in there, starting to get some passes, starting to break down the defense. And like, it was, it was like a couple minutes of it. And then he just looked tired. He looked exhausted. And it was like, man, if you are able to put good defenders on a Steph Curry, yeah, you actually have a shot. Like, you know, it's not him cooking out there against Facundo Campazzo. Like, I don't know. It, it made me, I'm really happy with how the Nuggets are looking. I know losing to Utah, not the greatest look. Barely beating in OKC, not the greatest look. They're trying to figure out. I mean, they really are a new team trying to figure out how to mesh all of these these pieces together. Because Gordon's never played with Murray, never really played with uh, Porter Jr. Bones is a whole new level like kcp brown it's it's a new team they're trying to figure each other out but the pieces are there and they look good and and they're one of the teams that a lot of people predicted to be the number one seed and it's easy to see that um the defense was good too not just the offense as well yeah um to your point especially out of you know how easily the warriors destroyed them in the playoffs last year um especially by going at Jokic. like he was able to the the like i said as a team were able to defend a lot better and Jokic has looked pretty good. He had a um, man. All these games are just like blurring together. But I think in his last game, he basically closed the. He he iced the game. He won the game with a steal to to win the game. That must be in the OKC game. He had a, he had, a, he had a steal on on what was the position that could have taken the lead, and then it was, you know, o- over at that point. And so you know they've they've defended well and they can score well. That's a recipe for, <laughs> unsurprisingly, if you put up points and you stop the other team from putting up points, you know you're going to be a pretty good team. That's all you need. You just got to score more than the other team. I think the only other game that we haven't touched on that I've watched, or I should say that I watched three quarters of, is the Cavs-Bulls game. I flipped over to the Magic Celtics for the fourth quarter because I was like, man, I chose the wrong game to watch. One of these games is close and one of these games is just not. And the Cavs were without Darius Garland. And still looked good. Levert moving the ball. Mitchell moving the ball. Evan Mobley is still lanky, but I really appreciate they start off the game trying to feed him in the post. And it wasn't as successful as I would have liked. I mean, he went seven for nine in on the game, which is incredible shooting percentage. But the actual movements, it wasn't fully fluid. It wasn't um, fully there. Or the eye test and the numbers tell a bit of a different story here. But one of the things I really loved was when Drummond came in, he tried to back Mobley down and he, he can pretty easily overpower Mobley, but Mobley was able to stay in the play and get some stops. And it's not like Drummond is a world beater or anything super great, but it, it just seeing how he handled someone who was trying to be more physical than him hmm. um, is it, something that I really liked. It, it was a stylistic difference that he overcame that made me really happy to see that growth and development. Yeah. They have the, the wizards today who have been hot. Yeah. Good old little Kyle Kuzma been balling. Yeah. What did you, what did you guys trade him for? Was that in the AD trade? No, no, that was for Westbrook. 
Oh, it was Westbrook. Okay, that's right. Yep, yep. Kuzma and KCP for Westbrook. That's right. The Wizards are like the unintentional recipients of <laughs> of the LeBron era. Like, yeah. <laughs> to, to get AD, we need to dump extra salary, and so we're like, here, have Thomas Bryant and Isak Banga. And Isak Panka started a number of games for them. Thomas Bryant was half decent. And then it was like, oh, hey, now we need another star. And I guess LeBron <laughs> and Westbrook works this out. So now have Harold, KCP, and Kuzma. Like, the Wizards got to be loving the, the LeBron era. Mm, yeah. Like, non-basketball but NBA-related take that I've got is I've seen a lot of hate on, like, League Pass and the newly designed NBA app. but I. I'm actually really enjoying it. They they've got and watching replays. So like you know, obviously there are, there are way too many games through like the first couple of days. I'm like I'm gonna watch every single game, mm-hmm. and then they just like start piling on. It's like okay, no, that's right. There's no chance. Um, yeah. But they've got like a number of really cool features. Like you can you can watch the full replay. You can watch the condensed version, which is like you know a ten minute you know sort of summary. But a cool thing that they've got also is the all possessions which basically gives you like every single position, but taking out, you know, sort of the first few seconds of bringing the ball up or, you know, getting into mm-hmm. the sets. And so it gives you sort of the last few seconds, the the parts that actually matter of every play and it condenses the game. It's like a 30 minute game, which, which is a really, you know, a quite a, an efficient way to watch. I, I love it. It's how I actually watch a ton of the games. Um, Cause I tried mm. it after listening to Zach Lowe, he said he watches two games a day. I don't have the the time to watch five hours of basketball a day. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's not our full time job, unlike him. So I, I try to make two games a day um, using the condensed version, using that, and then like every now and then I try to catch the full games. Or what I'll love to do is I'll watch a full game that's like going on live, and, and during the commercial breaks, then I'll flip on a condensed game because I mean you can you can almost knock out a quarter in in the commercial breaks like yeah 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 it's um i will say the the u.s based laptop browser they've they've taken away the ability to watch the condensed versions at least for me (laughs) fantastic i'm having so much trouble with the app here in the u.s like i'm I'm Mm. happy to hear that you've got that over there uh and that's working fine for you over there but man i'm just having trouble right and left they also double build me oh awesome and I was like, <laughs> like I messaged them and I was like, hey, um, so you guys uh, build me for a premium and you build me for a regular? It's the same account? And they're like, oh, yeah. What would you like us to do about that? I'm like, <laughs> I'd like you to re- refund the the regular. Like, I like having the premium because I, I offer it to my dad and I'm like, I love talking hoops with my dad. I don't know how much he uses it, but I, I, it's like 20 bucks more. I'll, I'll spend 20 bucks to talk hoops with my dad. Uh, plus, I steal his Netflix, so it's it's fair. And they're like, "Oh yeah, which one do you want to keep?" I'm like, I, "I just told you the premium. It was in in the last email." And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "So they finally squared that away." But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're not having problems. I'm having a world of problems. Oh it. man. <laughs> okay, I get it now. <laughs> so and yeah, I guess my two more takeaways from the early you know sort of the first week that are non-game related but nba related mm-hmm. one is i've come around on expansion um okay. i think that we do need it like there are just too many good players in the league now and yeah. even just like the guys in free agency like you know there there are so many good players and we, we could definitely support another another team 
I don't know that we can. The Lakers can't seem to get good players, so I, I guess <laughs> sad, bitter Lakers fan pushback here. <laughs> um, if, if you bring in a new team with a with a competent um, front office, then we we definitely can support another team. That's fair. that's fair. <laughs> um, and then lastly, there's still too many games. Like we're less than a weekend, and there are already back to backs, and like you know. Games that should be good, like the Grizzlies-Mavs game, but then the Mavs are coming off two days rest and the Grizzlies are on a back-to-back and it just ruins the game. Like, did we need that? Like, does that do anything for us? Like, cut, cut into 20 games. Like, if, if and, and like those days where there are like eight games, like how many, how many games are there today? Uh, there's, I think there's eight games today. Yeah, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven games today. Like, I'm not going to watch all of those. If there were three games or two games on like a day off, then, you know, I could watch every game. And so we just need to, it's, it's, it's time. Bring in a new team and, and everyone plays everyone twice. I also just want them to space out the games more. Like Saturday, Saturday games need to start at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. No one wants to play a 10 o'clock Saturday game. But man, if I could just turn on basketball and have live basketball going from the time I'm up to the time I'm down, like... Mm. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can almost do that. I mean, I've got. Well, yeah, if the Lakers are going to start playing at ten a.m. your yeah, time, ten, 10 a.m. tip for the first game and three p.m. for the last game. <laughs> the, the schedule's not too bad. Although, in saying that, also all the games are during like work hours. Yeah. So every game I'm watching, I'm like <laughs> sneaking in at work. Yeah, well, that's why I say you got to do it on Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just checked basketball references. 2023 MVP tracker. Okay. <laughs> and it's horrible. This, nice. this tracker is never good. <laughs> but I want to see if you could guess the top five and projected MVP oh, candidates. Man. I don't know the, the algorithm at all, like the formula. Is Tyrese Halliburton in there? No. Okay. It does seem to care about winning. Okay. Zion? Zion is not. Oh, His damn. teammate Brandon Ingram is. Okay. All right. He has another teammate in there too. Oh, he has another teammate. <laughs> is Jonas Valanciunas in the MVP discussion? <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas is number two <laughs> in basketball references. Beautiful. All right. Do do we have the real MVPs? Um, Giannis and Jokic. Uh, Jokic is ninth. Giannis is first. Okay. Okay. I mean, after another great win today, is Dame in there? I don't. It's not updated, Dame. Yet. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's a good point. Dame is at eight, though. Uh, Jason Tatum. Tatum is third. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember who else you said was in the. Can we get some Mike Conley love? Is Mike Conley MVP this year? <laughs> no, no. The future ah. Laker, Mike Conley, is not. <laughs> this is just how I watch games now. I'm like, how many of these guys' salaries add up to Russell Westbrook? I was yeah. watching, <laughs> watching Orlando. I'm like, man, Terrence Ross is cooking um what else yeah. do they have else? <laughs> yeah exactly how do we get to to westbrook that's, that's probably how rob blink is watching the nba too he's like okay i'm not watching our games that's too painful but let's let's watch everyone else and see who i can add up to, to trade for russell westbrook i'm starting to think that these lakers picks are going to be really valuable oh yeah for sure like they probably already are like if if i can get a unprotected lakers pick that goes out till 2029 yeah that goes out seven years when you tell me that lebron's going to be gone anthony davis is going to be old and genie bus and rob blinker are probably still running the team 
Like that's some juicy pics. You know that TikTok sound that's like it's a good joke. It's a good joke, but like yeah, you just stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen people talking about what if the Lakers win the lottery? Yeah. And then because they have the and pick swap. The pick swap and they get, yeah. And that, that sounds just all I think. Like, it's a good joke. Yeah. But it's it a great joke. It's even. true. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's the dream scenario for like all non-Lakers fans. It doesn't even have to be number one, but just like another high draft pick. I mean, they were trying to make the playoffs last year. And what did New Orleans get out of them? Like the eighth pick? Is that what they picked yeah, Dyson yeah, Daniels? Dyson Daniels, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you get to make the playoffs and also get the eighth pick. Yeah. They, they, they did well out of the Anthony Davis trade. A desperate Lakers is a good thing for the rest of the league. Although insane that they did win a championship, so... True. You know, it's 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 kind of rough. Like, how, how many years of being terrible would you give up for on championship? I, I was having this debate with Aaron because uh, we were doing our top centers rankings, and neither of us are very high on Bill Walton. And like you didn't have to mortgage the franchise to get Bill Walton, but you did have him on a max contract or presumably max. And like your team is built and structured around him and then he's just gone. And it's it's kind of the same thing the Clippers went through or have gone through thus far with Kawhi, where he's just been injured and it completely stopped any title chances. I think, I think for one championship, it's worth it. I, I don't know if there's a price too high for most franchises. Yeah. For the Lakers who, who are swimming in ships, maybe there is. But Yeah. Yeah, you you're telling me that the the Kings or like even the freaking Clippers wouldn't trade like one championship in exchange for 10 years of, you know, just misery. The way Aaron talks about the Kings needing to make the playoffs. I'm in Michigan. Um I I don't think you're a big American football fan, but uh there's the team known as the Detroit Lions. And I say mm. team as a um, a loose phrase <laughs> that might be more aptly described as three raccoons in a human suit trench coat. Um, they're really bad, just historically terrible. The, a few years after I moved to Michigan, maybe a year after, they went 0 for 16. They, they legitimately did not win a game the entire season and then followed it up by going 1 for 15. I think they've made the fr- the playoffs like four times in the last 30 years. Yeah. Like this team is just so starved for yeah. anything. Like yeah. at least some um, franchises, there's just not, you can't pay enough. Yeah. At least football's a little bit different where it seems like it's more okay to root for someone that's not your local team. Like who's the most popular team in Detroit? Like the Cowboys? I I think probably still the Lions. Really? Okay. <laughs> those, yeah. poor, those poor, poor, poor people. Yeah. I, I, I just had to pull it up. The last time that they made it out of the wild card game was 91. I was not born yet. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. I hope that's not the team that you support. They're not, right? I, uh, I'm i a football agnostic. Ah, I kind of became a fan of the LA Rams when they started up. Mm. Uh, more so as a joke, because I was like, yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm going to just... I'll just tie all of my t- things to the Rams. And then they won yeah. their like first year. Yeah. And I was like, now, now this feels shitty. It feels like I just yeah. jumped in on it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't I don't I don't know that I could actually really embrace them. It's like, but my fandoms have been good to me. I've picked good, happy fandoms and they've treated me nicely. Nice. The one thing I've probably told you this before, though, like the one year that I got like serious into watching NFL and I'd like, you know, like watch every week and i pay attention to the standings and like i knew what was going on and knew the players and all this mm-hmm. was the year and i was supporting the 49ers 
think it was okay. the year that um, Colin Kaepernick threw the interception on on the goal line against the Seahawks to go to whatever. <laughs> that, that was the one year I supported football. And I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm done. Right. done. <laughs> it was a good run, guys. <laughs> Uh, it's you know fandoms are make or break like i man jumped into to basketball as a lakers fan because my family's from la and moved to indiana and everyone's like man lakers are going we're gonna beat the lakers that did not go well for you guys but you guys turned me into lakers fan i appreciate that then yeah then i adopted the raptors in my east coast team because they had a raptor and i was eight and i was like man that's a pretty sick, sick <laughs> jersey uh only found out that t-mac and carter were there and then uh, as the Lakers took a dive, they they took off. So that was a fun. And then when Kobe got hurt, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to need a new favorite player. And like Giannis was a rookie. And I became a huge Giannis stand as a rookie because I was like, this guy's going to it's just he's going to be a point guard. He's the point guard of the future. Like I, yeah. I have my 2K14 game where he is my point yeah. guard, like 30 something years in the future. And yeah, yeah. So like my NBA fans <laughs> have just worked out. It's it's been a, a golden existence, and I'm sorry for yeah, Aaron and anyone who's a fan of other teams. Yeah, you know I was really close to supporting the Utah Jazz. Oh, just because like when I like first became exposed to NBA and didn't like have a favorite team at the time. Yeah, and I was I was like you know I'll I'll, I'll pick someone obscure, and there's a team called the fucking Jazz, and I was like that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Maybe I'll support them. <laughs> well, I, I figured it was probably a Joe Ingles thing for you, but no, it's just a random name. That was before Joe Ingles as well. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it was just like that's a ridiculous team name. Like you know we've got pretty traditional team names in New Zealand. Like our rugby teams are the Blues, the Hurricanes, yeah. the Crusaders, the Chiefs. You know, just generic. You know, basically like the equivalent of like college yeah. football team names, essentially. And then to like be exposed to this whole new sport and the team's called the fucking Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, d- I did well to get out of that one. Uh, you dodged a bullet there. Yeah. I don't know. You're Rudy Gobert love. You know, would work. Yeah, oh, that that would have been just too heartbreaking to like burn out in the playoffs every year and have everyone shitting on my favorite player. Yeah, yeah, it, it can kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Although, in saying that, <laughs> I was a Clippers fan through the Love City era, so that's basically what happened anyway. <laughs> <sighs> well, hope springs eternal. You know, Clippers could very well win a championship this year. It's you're still in the hunt. Yeah. Do you know what I hope happens is that Kawhi just says, fuck it, brings a new level of load management and just comes off the bench the entire season. I think that'd just be so awesome. (laughs) That'd be so funny. Honestly, I mean, what would be the worst? Like, this team doesn't fucking care about the regular season. Yeah. Keep bringing him off the bench. Take it easy. Who says he doesn't do that in the playoffs? Yeah, and the playoffs, I'll probably want him starting and playing like 40 minutes, but... um, like in the regular season, like we don't fucking care. Play him, play him off the bench. Like it's not, it's not like we're going deep, you know, to start fucking Norm Powell. Like he's a capable starting player. I'm still just picturing him playing 40 minutes, coming off the bench. Like, all right, he sits the first yeah. five, comes in, and then gets a three minute break at the end of the third. And other than that, he's he's in the entire rest of the game. It's just the the first four minutes of the first and the third that he's on the bench, and he plays every other minute. Yeah. This sounds, this sounds totally doable and great. Yeah. I mean... All right, Ka- Kawhi for six man of the year. Let's do it. Book it in. 
What are the odds are? <laughs> what, what do you think I can get on FanDuel for Kawhi for sixth man? Should we find out? <laughs> oh, they, they they probably max out right like at like a certain point they just put start listing everyone as like plus one thousand or whatever. I I mean probably, but sixth man of the year and MVP the same season. Let's uh, let's go. All right, they're not giving me odds that deep, but Thad Young is plus four thousand six hundred. So. Just saying, there's there's a chance. <laughs> Maybe like plus ten thousand for Kawhi or something. I mean, I feel like yeah, like it's gotta be even gotta be even better odds than that. Like, all right, wait, wait, wait. I might have found it. I might have found it. Nope, nope, they don't have them listed. Can I do a write in? All right, kind of looks like they cap out at plus forty nine thousand. Oh, nice. So maybe like yeah, plus plus forty nine thousand. That's pretty decent odds. Yeah, I I throw down a ten on that. Yeah. <laughs> Pay off my student loan. <laughs> get get some nice Lego sets. I've told my wife that that one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to make a very large, irresponsible Lego based purchase. It, it's not that it's day hasn't come yet, but one of these days, I'm going to buy the like Millennium Falcon or like the Death Star, the like thousand dollar Lego set. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I just need to be in a better place to financially justify dropping a random grand on Legos. <laughs> Do you have a spare room where you can, um, like the Cirrus Targaryen style, just set up a massive um, <laughs> Lego set? I mean, kind of, this room. <laughs> I got to hang my basketball jerseys behind me, so I mean. True, true. <laughs> All right, I, I think we're off the rails. Do you have any other you know, opening week takes or predictions? Nah, I, th- I think we got most of them out. Oh, Bucks offense looks bad, but, you know. Yeah, defense looks good. Who's your MVP? Oh man, MVP of week one. Oh, MVP of week one, probably Luca, or maybe Jokic. I don't know. They both looked alright, but they've also both lost. Not Ja Morant. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ja's been pretty pretty insane. So yeah, let's give it to Ja. Averaging thirty four point three with seven assists. Yeah, man. If if um, I, I know screen assists have been um. You know, wholly discredited, but man, Stephen Adams' screen assist must be off the charts. Who discredited screen assists? <laughs> like uh, the NBA stats community when the Jazz tried to like bring it out, <laughs> and all the analytics guys are like, "This is a nothing stat. <laughs> like, don't look at this." <laughs> all right, I've I've got I've got the screen assist per game stats up here. What do What do they look like? Stephen Adams is lower than I would have thought. Really, he is still top ten. The top five in ascending order uh one two three four five because the fifth one will catch you off guard westbrook <laughs> no uh actually <laughs> i'm interested to see who's the lowest screen assist per game now <laughs> uh domas and capella tied at 5.5 zubat's also 5.5 mm-hmm. we've got wendell carter 5.7 rudy gobert at six bam at 6.3 and in at number one most screen assists per game in only 18.4 minutes with seven screen assists, is Bruno Fernando. He's earning that extension. Bruno had an amazing game. I picked him up in fantasy right after it, and then he got hurt. But Bruno started off real strong. Like I, I didn't watch. I watched the highlight packages, but good, good way to start the year for this this guy. Yeah, and and the fact that Usman Garuba is also in the top fifty um, tells me that Jalen Green is hard to guard and pick and roll. That's my big takeaway. 
<laughs> Not that these guys are setting just soul-crushing screens. No, some deep insight. Jalen Green is good at pick and roll. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> All right, calling it. Yep. Good pod. Where can people find you? Trying to watch seven games in a day. Sounds. And good. also the House of the Dragon finale. Yeah. Peace out. Enjoy the week. Catch you later. This little bit was recorded earlier, but this little bit was something that Aaron and I recorded previously. Thought you guys might enjoy it. Some of his early takes since he wasn't able to be here for this episode, but we recorded this prior to doing our top 100 conversation, which should be up in the next couple of days. Basketball has started. It's kind of a weird opening opening few days with the wins and the losses we've seen. I mean, Utah getting a win is surprising. I think Danny Ainge is crushed. I think he's so he's just so <laughs> sad that they won their first game. It's like, all right, you guys got one. No more. No more the rest of the year. <laughs> the Pacers are the luckiest franchise on earth because they already were tanking, but they had Miles Turner, and then he tripped over a ball boy and then couldn't play. And I don't, I don't think he'll ever play for the Pacers again. I think that was the last time he wore a Pacers jersey was when he fell over that ball boy and sprained his ankle. Did you watch that game? I was not able to know. I caught the fourth quarter, um, and man, <laughs> no one told the Pacers that you're tanking. <laughs> they look good. They looked good. Um, they weren't going to foul to get the ball back, but they were running a really aggressive trapping scheme. And like, there was a moment where I was worried that Benedict Matherin was going to have a Reggie Miller eight points in nine seconds. Yeah, he had good stats. It, it was almost an actual nine seconds, not like 10 minutes just because of timeouts and whatnot, but like he hit a three, they got a steal, he missed the three, they got another steal, and he got um like went to the line and foul and one. Like it, it was a very close to nine and eight seconds. Uh yeah. if he had just hit that second three and that would have pushed him past Toronto, but uh couldn't quite get there. I was at the Kings game. How you I feeling? was I was not great. Not great. If the refs weren't horrible maybe things have been better I, I there was a stat i read that in the fourth quarter the blazers got 13 straight calls their way it was garbage i've never heard golden ones so loud against the refs there was a, a putback dunk to put us up two with about a minute or so left and they called a, a tech on taunting afterwards and that just killed it. it was over if it makes you feel any better portland might not want to have won might not wanted to have won that game maybe Dame Dame played poorly, but uh, Harry, like we got cooked. We really felt the need to have Keegan back already, which is a little nerve wracking to need your rookie to play really well. But we just, Jer- um, excuse me, Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart got whatever they wanted. What Casey Acapella is not uh, not not doing it for you. We I I was so surprised. I'm usually pretty in the loop on King's stuff, obviously, but he started. He started the whole preseason. He's, I know, he wasn't supposed to actually start. Um, he started and he was just, they put him on Lillard at, at full court. Basically the whole time he was out there, he was just full court pressing Lillard. I'd never seen a, like, we started the, the Blazers game pressing like all of them. Um, and that was very strange. We played off horribly in the first 
we were down 32-23 to start. Um, we are running a lot of Sabonis screens that basically went nowhere. Excuse me. Um, De'Aaron Vox looked awesome. He's 5 for 9 from deep. He looked fast. That's great. Get to his spots, hit a few mid-range jumpers that were really nice. Um, Kevin Herter was on fire, but uh, Sabonis looked really bad, Nate. Sabonis, I, I could feel Dylan watching over me. <laughs> like I had texted you. Um, I could feel his presence in his... Uh, in his New Zealander accent, telling me that Sabonis is actually just an average center, and it felt like it because Nurkic just handled them. He couldn't score, um, and I think things will get better. And it's just one game, but I'm also nervous about the Clippers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Heat stretch the Kings are about to go on. There's a world where we're just zero and five, and the season's over, which would kind of suck. But I, someone will get injured. There will be some shifts. Relax, and it, it'll be okay. Yeah, but Sabonis looks so bad. <laughs> he looked really bad. He was he was non-existent. We got killed on the boards, and he couldn't score. One of the things I did last season was deep dive on the Pacers because they had the worst clutch performances. Like in games decided by five points or less, they were like one in five. So I, I went and watched all of those games uh, and then rewatched their fourth quarters, and Sabonis has his bad days. I'm a big Sabonis believer. But he's going to have his bad days. You're just, you're just going to weather the storm. There's a reason why he's a guy that gets you into the play-in, maybe the playoffs, but will never be a best player on a title team. Probably never a second best. But man, if teams could sign him for like 10 mil, they he'd be on a lot of really good teams. I'm sure he would. He um he had to, he tried to dunk the ball like five or six times. And I think he made two of them. It was kind of strange. Um, I, I think he just really needed to get in rhythm he kept on getting the ball and just when you see players wait a half second, a second too long, and they turn That was over. him. He traveled. Yeah. You want to see, like, he'd get these great looks. You want to see him just one bump into the defender and then a post hook. And he was just shifting over both shoulders, traveling. Um, the decision making towards the end was a little lackluster from Fox. He tried to throw a lob to Sabonis, like, I, it was like a minute left, and he just he threw it up there. And of course, he didn't dunk it because it's Demonis Sabonis. Um, on the next possession, Fox threw it to Sabonis again, kind of from half court, because Sabonis had kind of shelved his guy off, and he didn't catch it. It's just I didn't get a few turnovers down the stretch. It was rough. It was rough, but I, I love what, I love how Fox looked, and I'm a, I'm still hopeful. Good, good. It's good, good to remain hopeful, at least through the first time. After that, you can panic. I'm gonna panic after he loses the Clippers blown we traded the we traded one of the best players like one of the best young point cards in the league for an average center my life is over <laughs> yeah that's why you don't mortgage the future stay bad get good don't don't trade don't do that